And this is Sherry Andrea, and I am glad to be with you. And tonight we have uh, a really special guest that I'm really excited about, Christopher Stewart. Stewart, sorry, Chris. Christopher Stewart, who is a medical intuitive who weaves together science and spirit and the creation of healing and health. And now I'm going to put Christopher on the line, and I think that everyone will really enjoy the show. And I thank you for listening today. And if anyone has any questions for myself or for uh, Christopher Stewart, please call in at 714-816-4750. And also, if you want to listen to the show that way, you can also listen to the show that way. If you have to leave your house and you want to keep listening, um, dial into that number and you can also listen to the show. And now, here is Christopher Stewart. Hi, Chris. Are you with us? Hi, Christopher. Are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi, thank you for your patience, and this is Christopher Stewart, and I'm very excited that he can be with us today. Um, As I just announced, that you were a medical intuitive, and I am happy that you can be here, and um, let's get started with me asking you, can you explain to everyone exactly what a medical intuitive is? Well... It's a, it's a term that's been around for a number of years now, first kind of coined by Norm Seeley and, uh, and Carolyn Nace, both of whom uh, I have studied with. Okay. And a medical intuitive is basically someone who has a, a special working relationship with the human body, its energies and systems. And there, there is an ability to help heal as well as as diagnose the underlying causalities, which may be both uh, physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, for various illnesses and and health concerns in each person's body. A medical intuitive kind of views the body, you know, of course on a physical level, but also on an energy level and on a spiritual level. Okay. Now, often I will say to people, um, when uh, people uh, start talking about certain problems they have, and usually when they ask about um, energy healing, I often tell them, well, often you'll go to a doctor and a doctor will diagnose you with a problem, but a lot of times people want to know what the underlying issue is, what caused that problem. And now, that's, is that basically what you are speaking of? That is definitely one of the things I'm speaking of. Like, for instance, uh, a client may come to me with a whole laundry list of different symptoms. I always have pain in my lower back. I always feel cold. I have this. I have that. And they've been to a doctor or doctors, and they're sent home as they thought they're crazy or whatever. And they, the doctor says, I can't do anything for you because nothing shows up on lab tests or whatever. Right. So there is, you know, one of the abilities that I have is, is looking at the underlying causalities. 
it is rarely a single causality, but there are ones that, you know, there are usually a few of them that are all interacting with each other. Okay, and you work often in conjunction with traditional Western medicine. Um, yes, how I, are you? Um, basically, I work with anybody's system of medicine. Uh, it's my feeling that the energy that is healing in the universe is not limited to a single system of anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I do work with a number of traditional Western medical doctors. Sometimes they will call me and say, you know, I have somebody I just can't figure out. Could you help me? Okay. And some of them are actually my clients as well. Uh, I, I look forward to the world where you can have healers and medical intuitives be part of a regular staff in a hospital or other right. medical facility. Exactly. So, in related to that, then, how do you handle, like, for example, someone coming to you for help and maybe they have been to see uh, several doctors, no one is finding anything wrong with them, however, they've got all these symptoms, but no one's able to diagnose them, and then you help them. Now, do people ever ask you, okay, well, how do I broach the subject? of um, medical intuitive healing to my doctor? How do I find out if my doctor is going to be open to discussing this with me? Well, you know, one of the things that, you know, healing is always is, is all about empowerment, empowerment of the, the client. A lot of the work that, that I'm doing, uh, the, the client can, can take the, the information and other things that they've been given, the tools that they've been given in a session, and do a lot of things themselves. So a, a, a number of my clients won't really share with, with their regular physicians. Others okay. will. Um, I have gotten in some interesting debates with physicians. Okay. And uh, some of them are more open than others. Actually, a really great diagnostician in the Western medical tradition a lot of times is a really good medical intuitive. They just wouldn't tell tell you that. They may say, okay. I know the lab test says green, but I just feel it's brown. Okay. You know, and they just go with seeing it as brown and they and they work with that and that's what helps with the uh with the patient. Does anyone ever ask you, you know, um how can I find um, a doctor that maybe a little bit more intuitive. What, you know, like, what are what are the signs you should be looking for? Well, to be, yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes they do. I don't have. I, I, you know, I have a few, but they're scattered all over the country. Right. So it's rare that I, you know, that somebody would call me and say, "I live in Chicago. Do you know a good doctor for me in Chicago?" Um, I'm always interested in hearing about those people from my clients. I would right. say if you have a doctor that's open to any of these things from any tradition, please tell me their name because I would like to be able to refer people to them. Right, exactly. As, you know, because a lot of times, you know, people can be just as dogmatic in the quote-unquote alternate medical field as as the traditional Western medical field. Exactly. 
Now, how do you how do you do this? How do you do sessions? I work primarily over the telephone with people. Okay. And uh, we're all beings that are connected to one another. So there's no problem with working over the phone. The energy is the same. Right. I mean, I have clients in Asia, in Europe, the Middle East, South America that I work with. There's really no drop-off in the, right. in the distance. Okay, so basically it is like having a conversation with someone. And um, I'll end up scanning the, the entire person. Mm-hmm in conjunction with what they are, you know, we'll, we'll look first at the areas they're concerned with, but some other things may stick out at me during that scan. I work best from the specific back to the general. So if a person comes okay. to me, let's say, with concerns about fertility, we're going to spend time with that. But if, let's say, I happen to see a cyst growth, in their breast. Okay. I'm going to tell them that. Right. Not to make them frightened, but to just say, you know, this is something you should take a look at. Okay, and that that is great. And now, is that common? Is that common that that usually happens where you look at the specific problem they're asking you to look at? But then is it common that most people have maybe one other issue that they may not know about? Right, or their main, or they must, or they've kind of pushed it to the back. You know, we all have things right. we can kind of ignore. Right, right. And, and sometimes it, it shows up, and it, and it does. You know, I'm interested in the overall health and optimal well-being of of each one of my clients. So if there is something that that sticks out there, I am going to mention it to the person. Okay, and now I'm very interested to know, um, do you suggest just doing one session, or is a session actually, I mean, is this, or do you have the occasion where you need to follow up with a person? My, My initial sessions I schedule to last about 90 minutes. Okay. Okay. Because it's a lot of material. And I found I've been doing readings for 20 plus years, and I found that, that taking 90 minutes for an initial session is, you know, gets the best benefit. If, for instance, a lot of people, if they go to a homeopath, for instance, they'll be there for two, two and a half hours. Right. Or, you know, certain types of Chinese medical practice, they'll be there for a couple hours. So the initial appointment lasts for about 90 minutes. Many people get so much benefit from an initial appointment, they don't need to do anything. You know, they, they, they leave with a lot of things to do for themselves. Right. And I encourage people to stay in touch with me electronically via email afterwards and just, you know, drop me a line, tell me how you're doing. Right. Uh, there are people feeling. who may, like for instance, a, per, a woman who would come to me with an infertility issue. Mm-hmm. Usually, uh, there is a process involved with with following up on those for uh, uh, a couple more appointments to see where things are. 
Okay, what's your understanding? Uh, I, my follow-up appointments last about an hour, so they're not certainly as, as lengthy because we've, we've gone over a lot of the initial things already. Yeah, it sounds like you are putting, you know, a lot of time into each client, even if they only have one session. It right. sounds like you are really making sure that um, they end up with a resolution, and and if maybe you would you stay in contact in a way where if they need further help, then you can recommend that they get another session. Is is right. that what you're pretty much doing? Right. Like, or for an instance, let's say a person has a a very emotionally based problem. You know, let's say uh, certain types of emotional trauma. Okay. Okay. I may I may work with somebody uh, for three sessions after their initial one. I'm a healer, so I'm interested okay. in the results part. This isn't like long-term psychotherapy where right. a person's going two or three times a week for ten years. Right. I have nothing against long-term psychotherapy. It can be wonderful for people, but it's not it's not my the focus of my work. Right. Exactly. Exactly, I understand that. So um, I can imagine you deal with people with speaking on emotional issues from post-traumatic stress syndrome to people who are just maybe going through a rough emotional period just at that time because of maybe sure. something that's going on with their life at that moment. Yes. And I also notice you do a lot of work with people regarding relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that your relationship, the life, you know, your relationship life, you know, is so tied into your your the the your health and well-being. We've all heard about people that have died of broken hearts. Right. We also hear about people who are in a relationship that that feeds them so well they feel they can do anything. Right. Exactly. And that's what I and, want for everybody. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly, and that's why I was so excited to, you know, have you on the show because I think that what you're doing is so would be so useful to so many people that maybe have been in a place where they've either been in physical pain or emotional pain for such a long time to finally get resolution. Exactly. Now, how I, you, I have a background in in, in both. Um, I, I spent uh, a period of time at the Young Institute in, in Zurich, in Switzerland. Oh, okay. So I do have a background in, in analytical psychology, of, you know, of, of Jung and, and, and his school of, uh, of thought and practice. And how long did you study there? I was there for a couple of years. Oh, that's excellent. That is excellent. And, I mean, because... Um, many people, I think, that when they're looking for someone for help, I mean, I hear it often where people say, well, I don't know whether to go to this person or whether I should, you know, whether this person will be good to help me. And so um, I think these are questions. A lot of people don't know the questions to ask as far as a person's experience, what they studied, um, you know. So I think that that's really great. Now, how do you perform your medical intuitive healing work? Well, um, 
basically, it's like I said, it was like it's like having a conversation, and it's done over the phone. And during when we're when we're speaking, um, I'm looking at you through a different series of frequencies. Some people have an awareness when I'm scanning them; they will actually say, "Wow, I feel this heat in my belly," mm-hmm. or "I feel this." slight pressure against my left shoulder. Okay. Not everyone is going to do that. It's interesting when it, and I always say to people that's that's me standing there looking at you. Right. You actually have an awareness of that. And there is during the the consultation some distance healing that is actually going on. And um uh, Healing comes in many forms. Sometimes it can be a form of, of, of insight and information about what is going on in your body. Other times it may be in the, in the realm of very wordless just energies. Right. Right. Because I can imagine that sometimes um, it happens that you give, after you give everyone the information, that often some of what you tell them is very healing to them, just, you know, as speaking of, you know, truth being very powerful, to realize mm-hmm. truth is yeah. is a healing. Yeah, and it's a very interactive process. I encourage people to ask any and all of their questions as we go along. The entire session is recorded, so you get an MP3, which you can play on an iPod or any number of other, you know, systems. And whatever whatever recommendations I make, I document for for each one of my clients. So it's a pretty relaxed process. I say that all you need to do is sit in a chair with your feet on the floor and be comfortable. So now, how interactive is it for them, though? I mean, is it basically literally they're kind of just sitting there relaxing and you're doing all the work? Or well, no, they, 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 they come with a list of, you know, I, I have a concern about this. I, I notice my memory isn't as sharp as it once, it, you know, it once was. That's a concern of mine. There's a history of Alzheimer's in my family, for instance. Okay. Or... There is there you know I have a concern about this, or I've noticed that that I'm having a lot of pain, or I wake up a lot, you know, each night at two o'clock in the morning. What's that all about? Okay. Now let me ask you: Do you find yourself um, working with a lot of people who are on a spiritual path, where the help that they want from you is actually tied into their spiritual advancement? All the time. Okay. Yeah, I I work with people from about every spiritual tradition, you know, that's around, from ones you've never heard of to, you know, very straight-ahead Christian, you know, Protestant type of of approaches. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Um, So um, if you were to get someone that said, I'm on a spiritual path, but I feel like I'm stuck, what is what you're basically doing, helping them to figure out the reasons why? Or that, that could be one of the things. It's like why you know why you're stuck, or or why do you wish to remain stuck? Mm. Okay, we all know we can we can hang on to what we want to be stuck with with incredible tenacity. 
Right. <laughs> right, exactly. I know I can. <laughs> I, I, I've been there. <laughs> and can we, you, all, we all can got you, T-shirts to prove it, too. I, I know. I could go pull mine out. <laughs> there you go. We'll have a fashion show. <laughs> can you um, talk about, I want to give um, all the listeners a good idea of all the different types of issues that they may want to call you for help with. Uh, for those who may not be thinking you could help with this or that, that where you may be able to, can you like kind of give us a rundown of sure, some examples? Sure. Okay. First of all, all the big illness things: cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, various gynecological problems, infertility. I have a great track record and a wonderful collection of baby pictures. Formerly oh. infertile women. Oh, that's so sweet. My current record is um, the, a woman who had her first child at age fifty. Wow. You're yeah, I, I I don't think I'll get beyond fifty, but that was pretty amazing. And and the child is about as healthy as a human being can be. Oh. So that's that's a lot of fun, and and um, I love kids so. The, the fertility work is 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 very you know very joyful. Oh, I, I can also imagine. work work a lot with ADD, ADHD, um, autism, various bipolar conditions, depression, anxiety, trauma, addiction, relationship issues, uh, issues around balance of energies of people who are tremendous overgivers and mm. and you know have a hard time receiving back for them whether on an emotional or other level cuz over time your body will start to break down from that because okay. it's, it's so imbalanced oh, okay. so the again the um you had mentioned the the emotional realm of and relationship realm that, that people have, I work I work with that a lot. Um, there's no standard labels really for it, but right. sometimes I also do these things where there's I've done any number of readings for women about the men in their lives. Mm, okay. The boyfriend or the husband. Oftentimes, the boyfriend or the husband doesn't want to talk to me. They're dying <laughs> for the information, but they don't want to deal with it. So they'll get the girlfriend or the wife to do it. I do that all the time. <laughs> and it works just as well. If you have a bond with that person, that's what I'm that's what I'm connecting with. Just like if you had, let's say, uh a, a, a father or a mother that, you know, was very was very aged and mm-hmm. and had some difficulties. I would be able to to work with that person as well without ever talking to them. Okay, so you're are you talking about like people that call you and say, oh, "I've got issues with my parents." Sometimes yeah, that's true, or I just want to help my mom or dad. Mm, okay. And my mom or dad thinks all this stuff is 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 a lot of hokey, and uh, but I do want to help them, and I'll figure out a way of getting the information to them. Okay. When people say to me, I don't believe in your in, in your work, my answer is, you don't have to believe in it. It only has to work. 
Okay. So, and, you know, and it's funny that you said that because there was a question that I wasn't going to ask. And now that you've said that, I'm going to ask it. Um, often, many dealers are under the impression that um, a person who comes to them that does not believe in what they're doing, the type of healing that they're doing, may block the healing from happening. So what you're saying is they they don't have to believe that it's possible. No. In fact, Larry Dossie, who you may or may not be familiar with, mm-hmm. he's written a number of books. He did some very interesting studies on the power of prayer and healing. And they would have these different groups, people who knew they were being prayed for, people who didn't know they were being prayed for, people who yes. were totally against it, and things like I that. I do remember that study. Oddly enough, the, the people who did the best were the people that did not know they were being prayed for. Not by a huge number, but enough to be statistically significant. And is that possibly because those were the people that didn't have an expectation? Expectations are usually, you can, the difference is you can have an expectancy in healing, which means I'm, I'm not putting it into a certain framework. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you go out with your best friend for dinner, you have an expectancy of I'm going to have a great dinner with my best friend. Do you have to have a specific menu? That's the expectation. Right. Right. That is very interesting, and I'm glad you brought up that study because I do remember reading about that study. And, yeah, I found it very interesting. And that is something that I'm sure that many people want to know is, um, you know, is there help for me even if I'm not so sure I believe what you're doing? They don't have to believe. It only has to work. If you have a willingness to, to, to work with the process, Right. Things work for you. Now, you know, if if I don't want to learn how to ride a bicycle, I will never learn to ride a bicycle. Right. But if if somebody's showing me and I say, well, okay, I'm open to maybe experiencing this, I might find out it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Right. Exactly. Now, and, can, you know, you... can people block a healing for themselves? Yes, they can. There are three things that have to be in alignment for healing has to be the right time, the right place, and the right person. And if now, any of those three isn't there, it doesn't work. Now, if that potentially happened, um, I mean, have you ever had anyone come to you and say, you know, saying, okay, well, I, I didn't get any res- results. I, 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 you know, I haven't gotten a resolution. Mm-hmm. And it, that may possibly be the case that they're blocking it, and maybe they want to try it again because and sometimes, they really do I, sometimes want I will spend time with them and say, "Okay, well, let's go through what exactly did you do here? Mm-hmm. Did you do things by half measures? Okay. Did you sort of do it every you know? I sporadic effort usually gets sporadic results." And that brings up the subject of. Um, what type of things might you or have you suggested that people do on their end to help themselves? Everything from, for instance, people will ask me, I, I have, let's say they have a, a digestive condition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's say they have some digestive condition. And they're looking at three different treatment modalities. 
and they will ask me which one feels to you, given your abilities and, and sensing, to fit the best with me. Mm, okay. Okay. And I just did that today for someone. I can't go into the details, but right. uh, <laughs> I just I just did that today with someone. Okay. Uh, but it may be with another client the other day, we talked about a surgery for them and that, and how that would work for them. I'm not against any particular activity in in healing right. if it serves the person. But I, I recommended everything from you know, certain, you know, complex medical procedures like, you know, do this test, take a look at that, talk to your doctor about this. Okay. Uh, to various uh, alternative practices, focus, certain kinds of focused energy practices, uh, nutraceuticals, uh, changes in, in diet, uh, spiritual practices, any number of things. Now, the one thing, though, I didn't hear you mention was anything related to addiction. I, I actually mentioned that I did work with addiction earlier. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, you... I, worked, I worked a lot with addiction, uh, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, um, food addictions, you know, meaning, meaning weight, usually too right. much weight. Uh, some people too little weight. Okay. Um, you know, of of the addictions, food addictions can be the most complex because you can't not eat. Right. You cannot drink or take drugs, but you can't not eat. Right. Exactly. And and that's a, that can be a very complex type of thing. And uh, but no, addiction is. I right. you know worked with all the different ones up and down that 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 uh, list of of the the addictive sort sort of things. Uh, a lot of times addicts have boy once they get off something and move on it's like watching the sunrise. Wow. And it and it it improves every person connected to them. It's like dropping a pebble in a pond of water and watching all the ripples go across. Wow, that's amazing. I work with a lot of people in 12-step programs. Now, I'm very, I'm very friendly to 12-step people. Right. But I'm sure, do, you, do people ever come to you not in any program, not seeking any other help where you also go ahead and say you recommend those things to them? Do you, like, for example, here are some things you can do that will help offer you support. Right. Like I spent a long, I had a long-term client that I worked with who was extremely addicted to benzodiazepines. Okay. They're anti-anxiety medications. Okay. Okay. They're very potent and they have a very high addiction component to them. Anti-anxiety medications, because they have to work so quickly, it's really easy to get hooked. If I'm really mm -hmm. anxious and I take a pill and it goes away, you bet I want another one. Okay, I see. And, you know, it took, she came to me with that, like, I have to get off these, how can I do it? And it was quite an involved process, um, but she's fine. 
Okay. And but she, she she was able to to you know it took time to wean her off of a very potent drug without her system crashing. Exactly, and that's what I was going to ask you is. Um, do you talk to them about the amount of time that it may take so that yeah. they're understanding mm-hmm. like kind of what they're in for? Yes. Yeah, I will usually give any client in an initial session sort of a timeline. Okay, if we do this, this, and this, this is how, how I see, this is the timeline I see for this process. Mm, okay. That is really and great. I'm not, uh, you know, my timelines are not perfect. I'm not God. But right. uh, they're pretty good. Right. I can, Well, and also, I mean, after a session, I am sure you have a pretty good indication. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you're you're coming pretty close. Now I can always, I can always do better on my timelines. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I, I'm sure, and I'm sure we would all feel that way. But I'm sure that with a resolution, most you know, of your clients, they, they're they not really concerned that much with your timeline being off. I'm sure they're, they're thankful you, you gave them their life back. Yeah, they are. I love working with my clients. I learn something every day from them. Yeah, and I can, I can relate to that. I'm always telling people... Um, you know, don't forget, I get something out of, you know, when I do coaching sessions, I get something out of it as well. I learn something from it every time as well. Yeah. And speaking of that, now can you tell us about some of the cases that you had that really touched your heart? Well, okay. I'll tell you about a couple. Um, I have a client who contacted me concerning his grandmother and who was in a care facility. She had been diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's. She was withdrawn, didn't recognize any of her family, was in quite a state of anxiety because when you have people telling you, hey, I'm your relative and you don't recognize them, that's pretty right. scary. Right. Okay. So I, I did a consultation for him. And, and I really stressed that for his grandmother to heal, he would need to be with her for some time each day to make sure she was doing certain things. Certain nutraceuticals were, were you know, given to her and everything. A lot of care facilities won't do this. And I understand the legal reasons for them not doing it. But you can go in and do it? Yeah, if you're a relative, they'll let you do almost anything short of, you know, really dramatic things. Okay. You know, if you went in there and told them to, to give them a dangerous drug, they might have problems with that. Right. So he said, oh, I will absolutely do that. And he did, you know, so we finished the consultation. He took everything that I that I had given him. Mm-hmm. Okay. He visited her every day. Within two weeks, the grandmother started to come out of, out of her withdrawal. She began to recognize her grandson and other people. Within six weeks, she checked out of the care facility. Wow. Okay. She moved to a condo in Florida. Wow. One of those classic senior citizen condos in Florida. Yes. Um, 
near her grandson. This is and this is the part of the story that I just adore. She became the shuffleboard champion of the condo and had a really hot romance with an older gentleman there. And she died very quietly in her sleep at age 92, about three years later. Wow. That we is should all amazing. be that lucky, you know, to die quietly in our sleep with a smile on our face. Right, exactly. And without you, I mean, she was just looking at daily confusion. She was. She was. That is so amazing. Yeah. Now, when you found out that she moved to Florida and become became shuffleboard champion, were you surprised? Well, I was surprised that she was – I didn't see that she would be a shuffleboard champion. No, I didn't. In fact, uh, the grandson sent me a photograph of her with a shuffleboard – what do they call that? The stick in right. her hand? Yes. And, and with her arm around the trophy. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Great. And so, of course – I continue to have her grandson as a client. Wow, that is excellent. Because, you know, all you have to do is tell that story to somebody, and it's just like, it's amazing. It, oh, and it yeah. wasn't particularly expensive what he did. Right. And, you know, you could argue maybe it was the love and the care that he showed and just poured into this person. You right. bet that had something to do with it. Exactly. Because it's all about love. Right. And love is one of the most healing powerful things that you can give. It is the most powerful thing in my in my view. But I also once had a you know, I've had a number of couples who you know, one in particular that I'm thinking of, who arranged a consultation to see about conceiving a child. Mm. They had tried for ten years, including a, a few rounds of pretty expensive IVF treatments. Oh, wow. In vitro fertilization runs about ten to twelve thousand dollars. Uh, exactly. Uh, cycle, and it's and at on a really good day, it's sixty percent effective, and that's a pretty phenomenal day. Right. Uh, during their first session, I could sense this child being with them so clearly. I could hear it was a boy. His voice speaking to me. Right. I communicated this to the couple. Did they believe it? No. They thought right. that I was just being nice to them. In right. fact, the husband says, you have to say that to me. And mm -hmm. I said, no, I don't have to say that to you. This is what's being said to me. Mm -hmm. However, even with that, they did go forward. It turned in, you know, I did a number of sessions with both partners. With fertility things, I like to work with both partners. I can work mm -hmm. with just one, but I prefer to work with both. Okay, now do you work with them together? Sometimes together, sometimes separately, and when I say both parents, that can be two women, two men, or a man and a woman. Okay. The gender, the sexual orientation doesn't matter. Right. And so I worked a number of sessions with both partners. I used certain uh, Tibetan medical plant compounds on certain days and times, as well as energy treatments for both partners. Okay. okay. After six months or so, it was like a river became unfrozen in, in, in the mother. In fact, she, there was one evening where she went to the hospital because she was in a lot of pain. Right. And she couldn't pelvic pain and she couldn't figure it out and neither could the hospital. So they just took a look at her, gave her a couple pain pills and kind of sent her back home. 
Right. And I were telling her, this is like a log jam breaking mm. in spring. Right. And shortly thereafter, I got a very excited phone call saying, we're pregnant. Oh, wow. You could have knocked them over with a feather when they heard their child's heartbeat and saw the ultrasound. Oh, oh wow. He's carried full-term, totally healthy, and now he has a little brother as well. Oh. So now, um, and that resolved the problem. That means for the second child, since she, they were both healed, that left the door open also for the second child. Oh, yeah. You, a lot of times with, quote, unquote, infertile people, the first one is the hard one. It's locking the door for all the other ones afterwards that you got a problem with. Hmm. Like, if you don't right. want to get pregnant pretty fast afterwards, make sure you take precautions. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I know exactly what you're talking about because my sister had a hard time getting pregnant with her first child. But then after that, um, in a very short amount of time, came the second. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, the pushing and shoving in the other realm saying, it's my turn. No, it's my turn. No, it's my right. turn. You know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's kind of like the door is open now. Yeah. And but and when you were speaking of the pain she was having, um, any anyone who is familiar with energy healing work normally understands that during a healing they're clearing something. Right. And sometimes that could lead to pain. It can lead sure. to their emotions and being yeah. emotionally all over the place. Now, do you kind of prepare them for what they may experience? Yeah, I do. I do. In this case, did I know it was going to happen on that Saturday night? No, I didn't. Right. Um, it would have been nice. I might have said, I think you might want to, you know, be real good with good, good with yourself this weekend. But, uh, and maybe that was what was needed, that it was something very dramatic that really moved things along. Right. If you've ever heard a log jam breaking up in the spring, it's like dynamite going off. It's very right. loud. Exactly. But I'm sure at the time she went to the hospital with the pain, she still probably wasn't thinking, no, she this wasn't is thinking. my healing. <laughs> this is my healing, but when she got pregnant shortly thereafterwards, that was amazing. Right, exactly. And when she heard the heartbeat, that was then it was, you know. Now, and you were speaking of getting pictures. Mm -hmm. of the children, and I can yeah. imagine you probably got pictures of both children. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, do people normally um, keep in touch with you, even maybe for a while after? I mean, do, do you get, you know, those uh, second-grade pictures? Oh, it depends. It depends. Um, I oftentimes don't get maybe the whole their, their whole grade school-type portfolios, but I will hear from them. Right. Uh, a lot of times they will, particularly if the child has an illness or mm -hmm. something, or they'll say, you know, why is why is my little boy or little girl having this kind of problem? They're usually so happy about things. Right. What's going on? Right. Because oftentimes I've kind of been in touch with them before they were in this world. Right. So there's a link with with that child. Or or, okay. or 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 children. And speaking of that, can you talk a little bit about your abilities? I mean, um, how long have you had 
abilities or disability? Well, I mean, was this an ability that was with you your whole life? Uh, the earliest I can remember it is I was about four years old. And I remember a, a relative who was visiting our house, and I pointed to his shirt and said, did your pen leak? Or there's an ink spot or something like that on his shirt. And he kept looking at his shirt, and there was he said, there's nothing there, there's nothing there, there's nothing there. And I kept seeing this ink splotch. Because that was back in the day when you know people had fountain pens and they leaked. Right. And um, long before the days of, of you know electronic right. mail and stuff. Right. But the uh, so he just thought I was just being a funny little boy. There was an ink spot there, all right. It was a tumor on his lung that ultimately killed him. Okay. So that was kind of a negative proof to start out the gate. Right. But um, now, you were only how old, four? I was four. I didn't have a clue of what I was seeing. Right. I could just see it and sense it. And in school, as as a young child, I could see and sense a lot of feelings in other states in the kids in the classroom. If someone had a toothache, I could usually feel it. Now, are you an empath? In a manner of speaking, yeah. I know the difference between where somebody, what somebody's energy is and what mine is. Mm-hmm. So I can let it go, where sometimes people who have the ability and haven't worked with it, they pick up everybody's feelings, but they don't mm-hmm. know where they end and the other person begins. Exactly, exactly. So as a teenager, I kind of figured that I had to start learning something about this kind of stuff, or else I was going to go crazy. Now, about when was that? What what year are we talking well, we're talking, I was about 13 when I started, you know, reading up on things and um, I started going to funny little churches, if I could, to hear people talk about healing. Okay. You know, I went to hear Olga Worrell, who um, is long since passed on, who was, a, she's a very Christian-oriented healer, but she was an extremely talented one. And uh, other people of that ilk, and then later on in my life, I began to formally study with any with a number of different different teachers and different traditions. Okay, but at thirteen, did you um did you find readily a lot of information that could help you, or is that why you went to um? Various churches to hear different people. I, found, I, I, you know, I drove our local librarians crazy because mm-hmm. I was I was trying to order up every book that I could possibly find on psychic phenomenon, you know, healing, whatever. Okay. In the local library, so they be, I became on a first name basis at my local library, and uh, which is fine. They were they were happy to help me. Right. Uh, but then I wanted to go further afield and be exposed to this sort of thing. Now, what do, I'm sure your parents kind of um, saw your interest. Now, what did they think, or are your parents also intuitive? Well, they are. Um, my, my grandfather was actually a dowser. Mm. So he, he was a dowser, and he ran a nursery. So he had a pretty good connection, shall we say, to the nature realms. Okay. 
but he also came from Maine. So he didn't tend to be real talkative. Mm. And but he had a great presence about him. And I remember as 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 a little boy him showing me how to use a dowsing stick okay. and those sort of things and thinking, This is pretty neat. I yeah. can feel this. And yeah. we would go in fields and we would find things. The first time I found a nickel in the field I thought I'd, you know, died and gone to heaven. <laughs> because like a nickel. Wow. A nickel. You know. Right, exactly. It was like magic. Right. You know? And you know, somebody said, Do you think your grandfather put it there? I said, No, I don't. I think he was there to, you know, to show me things. Right. Exactly. So exactly. there was a certain amount of acceptance and a certain amount of head scratching at the same time. Wow. And so your um what abilities are you using? Um, I noticed that, and I want to go ahead and let everyone know this as well. You, the name of your website is clairvoyantguide.com. Yes, and um, so that implies that you are very clairvoyant, but you're also highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. What other abilities do you have going on? I'm also very clairaudient. Okay. That's why phone sessions are, you know, it's in many ways is playing into a strong strength because a person's voice tells me all kinds of things about them. Okay. Okay. And so you're, during um, your sessions, you're pretty much using everything. Is there anything that surpri- that comes up with your abilities that has surprised you? Yeah. Um I had a client who I was looking at, and the person had a rather troubled sort of history with with his parents. And it actually turned out that the people who, the person who he thought was his mother wasn't his mother. Mm. And this can be a rather touchy subject in a middle-aged man. Right, right. And, you know, how do you communicate that without, in a way that somebody can hear it? Mm-hmm. And um, this was, you know, he was totally, un- it was t- totally unknown to him. But it was like a process of kind of opening, gently opening the door so he could see that a lot of these places where he thought he didn't fit in was because it wasn't his mother. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his actual family. Just like a person who is adopted fairly often right. is actually in a family they should be with. Right. Yeah, I think that was I, a very surprising I, I, sort of outcome. I would not have thought that right off the bat. Right. And it was a very delicate process because it involved some pretty dramatic things that happened during World War II. Wow. So. That's really interesting, though. That is very interesting. I'm adopted, so I kind of, I, I understand that. Even mm-hmm. before I knew, I knew. Exactly. You know, because I could, you know, going to family reunions and things, you can actually feel like whether or not you feel like you belong. It's like people who are Native Americans, they can look at a person across the room who looks, who's blonde-haired, blue-eyed, they look like a California surfer girl, and say, she's part Native American. Mm. They just know it. 
it's uncanny sometimes. An adopted thing, you just know it. A person who's a twin and let's say the other twin died in utero will right. feel like there's always this other. Where is this other? Where is this other? Oh, wow. The, the bonding between people via energy is so potent. And once you're connected in whatever way, you stay connected. Well, this has been an amazingly great experience interviewing you today, and I'm so happy that you allowed me to because um, you are just wonderful. <laughs> and now, before we go, I want to make sure everyone knows how to find you. First of all, I want to mention that Christopher has a newsletter, and if you go to his website, clairvoyantguide.com, and that's C-L-A-I-R-V-O-Y-A-N-T, guide, which is G-U-I-D-E dot com, you can sign up to receive his newsletter, and in that, you'll actually find out about workshops, classes, many other things he discusses, and definitely go to his website. He's got a lot of information, and you can actually get all the information to schedule a consultation, and then... um Chris, what do you prefer? Would you just like them to go to your website, or is well, there... Well, the website answers a lot of questions. If people would like to talk to me for a few minutes and just get a a, a feel for, for how I work a little more or something like that, I would invite people to give my office a call, and the phone number is 510 very good. If I, you know, if I'm not with a client, I'll be happy to talk to them right then. If I am with a client or doing other things, if they leave their name and number, I'll be happy to call them back. And I can very easily call people in Europe or Asia and things like that. Okay. And do you want them when they call you to leave some little details about? what they may be calling about or does they, that matter? If, if they feel like it, but if they just want to say that, hi, my name is, is you know, Susie Miller, and I'd like to talk to you about your work, here's my phone number, that'll work too. Okay, and just to let everybody know, I am going to write a blog post tomorrow to put all of Christopher's information so and a link to this show. So for those who didn't listen live, they can listen to it tomorrow when they have time. Um, and, Chris, it has been wonderful, and I thank you very much. And thank you very much. I've really enjoyed this. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope the information has been really helpful to the listeners. Yes, it has. And um, maybe in the future, if there's something new that you've got going on, you know, feel free to email me because I would love for you to come back on the show. And That'd talk be great. I'd enjoy that. I'd enjoy yes. That. Thank you so much, Christopher. You're very welcome. You take care and everybody else that's listening, uh, be well. Take care, take care of you. Thank you. All right. Welcome to the Sherry Andrea Show. Your host, Sherry Andrea brings her listeners interesting discussions and topics related to spiritual development.